This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Subscribe to Astrocast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough. Michael Brantley. Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> Astrocast is poured for you by Carmock Brewing. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros General Manager James Click as we are every Sunday as the Astros uh, look for a sweep today in Arlington against the Rangers and a, a, a good last few days for the Astros, you know, winners of four in a row and also getting Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker back. And uh, what that also does, particularly with Bregman back, you know, if you have you have a let me Diaz at shortstop today with Correa getting a, a day off. Dusty's able to, to move him around more in the role you, you kind of envision, so it, it, it just creates more flexibility. Yeah, there's so many benefits to having that, that roster uh, where it is right now, the length of the lineup, um, but the ability to have a guy as good as Alebnis Diaz being kind of the floater. And so if you, especially over the next five weeks or so, look at it as, you know, you've got about five infielders for four spots. Everybody plays about four out of every five days as we kind of taper through September. Um, but you don't take a step back. Uh, you know, you have you have Alemis Diaz in there, and, and we think he's as capable as any of these guys. And so being able to kind of mix and match those guys, give guys the days off, uh, the benefits hopefully will pay off, uh, hopefully if we're, if we're lucky, into October. And the Astros, uh, with that in mind, uh, signing Marwin Gonzalez to a minor league deal on Friday. He was with the Red Sox earlier this year. Of course, someone Astros fans are very familiar with, very popular in Houston still. Uh, was that just to, to create a little bit more depth since uh, we were talking about this last week? Uh, end of the month, end of this month is uh, the deadline to have guys in your system so they can be eligible for the postseason. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's a depth move. Um, you know, he's, he's a very popular guy in the clubhouse. Obviously, a guy who's had some tremendous success here in Houston, um, and we wanted to bring him in just to kind of see how he's doing, uh, work with him a little bit, see if we can get him back on the right track. Um, but it is uh, it is some depth. But, yeah, that October 31st deadline was was definitely on our mind, and it's obviously on a lot of teams' minds as quite a few players uh, uh, continue to switch organizations over the, the latter part of the month here. Is the thought that we could see Marwin in September? I know it's, it's all about Rossage expand. It's only two spots, but is, is that the hope? Yeah, we're going to continue to look at him. Uh, right now he's going through the intake process, and uh, we want to get him in some games, uh, see how his time timing is, see how he's feeling, yeah, how he's reacting. You know, he hasn't played in a big league game since, I think, August 12th. So that's a long layoff. Um, you know, we just want to kind of get a look at him. And uh, once we get two extra spots in September, it certainly makes it a little bit easier. Uh, we, we did sign him with the hope that he would, you know, force us to, to put him up there. Um, and, and as I said, the guys, he's very popular with the guys in the clubhouse. Uh, I think he could provide a, a real boost in there emotionally. So there's a lot of benefit to it if, if we feel like that's the right move. Uh, Jason Castro going on the injury list today uh, with, with a knee injury. Garrett Stubbs uh, recall to, to replace him on the roster. Uh, 
what do you know about about Jason and 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 how's he doing? Yeah, he came to the trainers uh, recently, and uh, you know said that it just didn't quite feel right. Uh, and with a knee, with the number of structures that are in there, it's the same knee that he's had operated on three times. So we just want to make sure that everything's where it should be and and get a look at it. And so sometimes the best thing to do there is to go get a scan, go have him get an exam from from our orthopedists, uh, give him a little bit of rest, and, and kind of see where we're going. We won't know details until we get a look at things. There's so many structures in the knee uh, that, that could be causing the symptoms that he's experiencing. So it's just it's premature at this point to say what it is or how long he'll be out. Uh, obviously, like you said, there's still a lot of unknown with, with Castro and, and, and a potential timetable there. But are you pretty happy with your, your catching depth or is it a situation? I mean, you don't have a whole lot of time before uh, the month is over, but is it a situation where maybe you think about bringing someone into the organization just in case? Not really. I, it's not really front of mind at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Stubbs has shown that that he's a, a good backup guy and, and, and has a little potential with the bat. Um, and then beyond that, uh, Papierski down at AAA has been having a very good season. Uh, he does a tremendous job with receiving, with game planning. You talk to the players down there. You talk to the, the guys who've gone down on rehabs, uh, our big league pitchers who have pitched to him. Uh, they've been really, really pleased with the way that he prepares and does everything that goes into the catching position you know certainly if if you have catchers who can hit that's that's great but there's so much that goes into that position as as the field general uh and i think papirski does a really good job of that and and obviously Stubbs does as well and that's why Stubbs is here so i I think we'll be okay with those two guys we feel really good about both of them uh chas mccormick eligible to come off the injury list on on thursday I, i believe and he you know he had the the hand injury the left hand soreness that put him on the injured list uh, could we see him activated on Thursday when he's first eligible? Is it going to be longer than that? Well, with the off day on Thursday, I don't know if we'll see him on Thursday. Well, Friday, We yes. might be able to activate him <laughs> to go hang out at the beach in San Diego. Uh, no, but Friday, yes. Uh, that's that's the hope, the expectation. It was a very borderline call about whether to put him on the IL or not, uh, but just felt like with, the, with where we are in the season, with getting these things behind us, we don't want this thing creeping back up on him in, in mid-September or late September. So we wanted to get it fully behind him he's doing great he's heading back to uh to AAA right now he'll get a couple games in sugarland and then uh hopefully we'll see him on friday we'll have more with astros general manager james click right after this young astros fans it's never too early to show off your astros pride with the season in full swing be a part of the official astros kids club today kids 12 and under can join the astros buddies club and receive a buddy's backpack cap socks and access to exclusive events and activities throughout the year all for only 25 dollars. what's even better it will get shipped right to your door for more information and to purchase your Astros Buddies membership, visit astros.com slash buddies today. Welcome back once again. Joined by Astros General Manager James Click before the Astros take on the Rangers. So we were talking about Chaz McCormick right before the break and, uh, you know, eligible to come off the, the injured list uh, at the start of the weekend series against the Padres uh, on Friday. And, of course, Jake Myers has been playing really well and uh, playing center field every day and, and doing well both offensively and defensively. I guess it's one of those good good problems to have because uh, McCormick had kind of seized that center field role after Miles Straw was, was traded. Uh, how do you kind of envision that maybe maybe playing out over the, the next few weeks once McCormick's back? 
Oh, you hit it on the head. It's it's a good problem to have. We want to create competition on the roster. We want to create options so that if if a guy like McCormick needs you know seven days off, that we don't we don't say oh well let's just bite the bullet and and play short for a little bit because he's the only option. The the ability to have a guy like Jake Myers step in, take over that center field role for the time being makes it easier to make those decisions. It makes it easier to give Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker these guys days off. So similar to how we talked about with the infield we may have five guys out there for four spots the three outfield spots and, and the dh and each of them plays you know about four out of every five days as we taper our way through september and, and try to get ourselves in a good position if we're lucky enough for october i know mccormick obviously has seen a lot of time in, in center field kind of out of necessity after the trade of miles straw but uh do you see myers as maybe more of the true center fielder between the two of them although mccormick certainly has shown that he can play there well i i think it's more a question of myers has always profiled as an excellent defensive center fielder. Right. And I think that McCormick actually profiles as an above-average center fielder. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, if you have one guy who profiles in the scouting term as a 70 and another guy who's a 55 or a 60, is the 70 the true center fielder, quote-unquote? Yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, you're looking at the total package of the players and the ability to, to mix and match. And, you know, if we have a guy like McCormick in a corner, uh, he's an excellent corner defender. If he's in center, I still think he's above average in center. So we have a lot of flexibility on the roster, and that's one of the things that we were trying to create throughout this offseason and throughout the season. What have you guys seen offensively from Myers? I mean, you know, you look at the numbers, obviously, and I know that was kind of one of the questions when Myers came up. No, he can play center field, but, you know, how is he going to swing the bat? What have you guys seen from him, and, and have you, have you, has he kind of exceeded expectations at this point offensively? I mean, I think if we're being completely honest with ourselves, he probably has. He's yeah. hitting, what, 310, 320. He's got an 8 or 900 OPS. Right. I, I mean, anytime a player comes up and they do something like that, I think if we're being honest, we have to say they are exceeding expectations. But we knew this was in the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. He showed that early on, you know, scoring from third on that sack fly uh, where he hit 31 point something feet per second, which is really impressive. And, and uh, you know, the ability to really have some power in the bat. I mean, he has put a charge into quite a few baseballs. Um, all of these combined, uh, we're seeing the athlete turn into a baseball player, and it's certainly exciting. Uh, you have Jose Urquidy making a minor league rehab start tonight. Uh, for Sugarland, and uh, you know he went uh, 49 pitches, four innings in in the start before. So, uh, uh, are you hoping maybe I don't know 60, 75 pitches today for for Urquidy? The plan right now is five innings and 75 or 80 pitches. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the good things about Urquidy has been he's been so efficient in these rehab outings that he's getting through, you know, three innings on 33 pitches and four right. innings on 40 something pitches. So he actually goes to the bullpen. And throws another 10 or 15 high-intensity pitches to continue the buildup. So uh, we're, we're going to see five innings out of him tonight. The, the idea is not just the pitches, but the ups and downs of, of getting up and getting out on the mound and warming up and throwing your warm-up pitches uh, five times. And, um, you know, if he comes through this one looking good, hopefully he'll be with us uh, sometime very soon. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously, you know, we will see what happens. And we've talked about this before, possibly six-man rotation, all that. But currently lined up with Luis Garcia. They're on the same day with Garcia starting at the big league level. Uh, I, I know with Garcia, there's in particular, and he's not the only starter, but certainly Garcia in particular, very wary of the innings. He's over uh, his previous uh, professional high in innings pitched. Uh, does that 
is that kind of a, a nice thing to have uh, to have that flexibility with Urquidy same day? Maybe you piggyback do gives you some options potentially. Yeah, I mean it certainly creates a lot more work for Strami and the pitching coaches. Yeah. But um, you know we have we have sat down and talked through how do we want to line this up with six guys. And again, we don't want to forget about Christian Javier who mm-hmm. started in the rotation for us and we still think has potential out there. Um, we have a lot of options. It's a good thing. It creates a little bit more work. It creates possibilities of tandems or piggyback or whatever you want to call them. It creates the possibility of a six-man rotation. But it also, just beyond everything, it creates the possibility that if somebody gets hurt and we switch back into a traditional five-man, that we still feel very good about all five of those options. Uh, Jeremy Pena activated yesterday, uh, coming back from the left wrist surgery that he had uh, in April before the minor league season even began. Uh, he's going to be he's at Sugarland. Obviously, that's good news to get him back out there playing and, and getting in the games and maybe a normal offseason for him. Yeah, absolutely. And the length of the minor league season this year benefits him tremendously. The ability to, to claw back at some of that lost time over the season. Normally, right now, the AAA season would be winding down and finishing up. But the fact that they've got five more weeks out there, he can get a bunch of games in. We've talked about at a position like shortstop the game reps are so valuable because you are involved in so many different odd situations. I mean, you've seen it even with Carlos Correa in the past couple of days, the double play to end the, the game on Friday. Those are the kind of things that it's very difficult to simulate in a controlled environment. You have to just have the experience at the position in the game, letting these things happen, working on your reaction times, your anticipation, these kind of things. So the, the next five weeks are going to be really, really beneficial for Jeremy. All right, Astros General Manager James Click, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully you're watching a sweep today. Hopefully. All right, we'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. The Astros Foundation is the official nonprofit team charity of the Houston Astros. We seek to harness the passion of our fans throughout our great city and beyond to support youth sports and education programs, the recognition and honor of our nation's military, childhood cancer, and domestic violence awareness, and efforts to reduce homelessness. Our initiatives include the Community Leaders Program, Astros MLB Youth Academy, and reviving baseball in inner cities through our Astros RBI program. Visit astros.com foundation to learn more. The Astros Foundation a true MVP of the Houston Astros. First pitch, and that's a ground ball softly hit. Third base side, just fair. Backhanded by Bregman. Long throw across is in time, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros win their fourth in the row, take the first two games of this series in Arlington, defeating the Rangers tonight by a final of 5-2. to two. Please raise your hand if you have a question for Dusty Baker. Brian McTaggart, you first, and then Danielle. Go ahead, Brian. Dusty, how are you uh, injury-wise up? Uh, Elsewhere, is everybody holding up as we get into September? Uh, yeah, everybody, um, everybody's holding up pretty good. You know, I mean, this is this is the time of the year where something's wrong with everybody. You know, um, uh, I'm just telling you, we sent um, Castro back to Houston, you know, to get his knee checked out. And we're calling up uh, Stubbs. He's on the way here. Uh, now, so we're putting Castro on the on the IL. When you when you're able to uh, put Diaz in there, when you give Correa a day off or any anybody else, um, just how much more confidence does that that give you in your lineup and, and being able to uh, you know give him a day off when he's swinging it well and, and not really worry about it? Well, I mean, you know, he needed the physical day off. We had talked about this uh, that I was gonna. We talked about this probably a week ago. You know, that's how I plan. Say okay, this is a travel day. This is uh, good. I mean, I had Altuve. I talked to him. I talked to all these guys. Communication is the key. 
and when you're trying to put this together, but I mean, I've said it a number of times, you know, how much we miss Diaz when he was out. You know, he was out six weeks. And I mean, we tried everybody over there. Uh, I just said none of them were, were, were Diaz. And uh, you don't miss his, you know, you don't miss the other guys, the regulars, that as much as you would somebody else too, or or defense. I mean, this guy, he's one of the best in the game and he's getting better. He takes pride in playing playing all over the field. McCormick, is he going to go play any rehab games uh, in the next few days here? Is McCormick going to play any rehab games coming up here? I, 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 I haven't haven't addressed it or thought about it. We're just trying to win games here, you know. Uh, and so, I mean, we'll see, you know, what's happening. Um, you know, he swung the bat pretty good yesterday. And uh, uh, I, w- I would think so or maybe even hope so. But it's, uh, uh, you know, I was just discussing with Steve a few minutes ago, you know, how fortunate we are that the AAA season is coinciding with the Major League season that because then they can, they can go out. Ordinarily, the season would be over. And then there would be nowhere for them to go other than to the Florida and, and play at a lower classification type league and competition. So, uh, you know, we'll address that when we when we think they're you know it's ready. Uh, you know, he's doing better, but uh, it's still on a daily thing. And I think he probably has what another four or five days before his uh, time period is up on the on the IL. Are you going to take uh, any taxi squad players with you? T- Seattle? Um, we had discussed it yet, uh, but you know we got to see you know how they can get from 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 uh, from there to Seattle. Seattle's not a hop, skip, and a jump away, so you know we're discussing that now. Okay, Chris Gordy. Dusty, uh, third straight day of uh, Bregman out in the field. Uh, are you going to consider maybe giving him a day off in the Seattle series coming up? Well, I'll let you know. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell him before I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, we discussed it. I discussed it with the trainers. I discussed it with him. Uh, you know, he had a very light workload yesterday. So, uh, you know, just got to get by, get through today, and then we'll discuss that tomorrow. Okay, Brian Bearfield and Matt Musil. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, Dusty, I know it's a small thing, but can you just talk about actually getting the two wins at, at Ranger Park? Um, because earlier this season, you know, you all hadn't won a game there, but you all are playing better now yeah. um, in the parks like that and against teams that, you know, are under 500. Well, you know, there's a, a big, a, you know, real big thing made out of this, but I mean, things go in cycles and things go in streaks. You know, I mean, we faced them in here the first time. Um, Garcia was a guy beating us every day. You know, if you get a, a, a hot guy and you get a good pitch, um, um, the pitcher they just traded to to Philadelphia. I mean, you know, he was shoving it up us, you know, a couple times. I mean, this guy was was dealing. So I, I don't know what our record is now. I think, you know, they hadn't beaten us at our park, and uh, we, we'd only played three games here, and uh, it was a it was a, it was a bad three games on our part, and the great three games on our part on their part. I think what are we now like? 14 and three here. Yeah. 11 and three. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's not bad. You know, you're not going to beat anybody every day. You know, I don't care, you know, who you're playing. Uh, these guys are all big leaguers. So, 
versus dwelling on what we haven't done. Let's dwell on where we are at, at seven in the in the uh, you know in the uh, loss column. So yeah, and we got all our guys back. So there's there's a bunch of positives here. Hey, Matt Musil. Dusty, I'm just curious your thoughts on Zach Greinke. Um, you know, Zach has been misunderstood, maybe some in the past by others, but it seems like you and he, from day one, struck up a, a great relationship there. If you could just share a few thoughts about Zach, what he's meant to you. Well, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, if, 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 if I don't know what kind of relationships he had in the past. Um, actually, you know, I really don't care. I mean, you know, what I've heard really doesn't apply. I try to give everybody their, their fair shake and, um, you know, that's just somebody else's opinion. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the guy. Like I said, I mean, you just let him be himself. I mean, a lot of times we don't allow people to be themselves. You know, we're trying to make them something that they aren't or, or something more than they are. And, um, you know, actually, you know, uh, he, he, you know, we've had some good conversations. If he feels like talking, we talk. If he don't feel like talking, we don't talk, you know, and uh, that's kind of easy. And uh, actually, you know, he reminds me of some homeboys that I grew up with, you know, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. I just, like I said, I mean, you got to give this guy respect. You got to give him you know, for what he's done, uh, he's, he's, he's very intelligent. I mean, he, he misses nothing, even though he doesn't say much, you know, um, his eyes are open and they're bright and, and he recognizes that he's a good, good team man. You know, um, you know, he's helped us a, a ton with, with, with other guys and, you know, he'll pick up things that, you know, we don't see. So, uh, to me, I mean, he's a hall of famer. I mean, you just gotta let him be Zach. Hey, just two more guys, Chris Gordy, then McTaggart. Go ahead, Chris. Bessie, just a quick thought on the starter for the Rangers today, Taylor Hearn. I know he's been primarily a reliever, but right. he's been put up, put up, putting up good numbers as a starter, and he's put up good numbers against you guys, 11 innings and only one earned run. Right. Well, I know this. I mean, he's uh, he got a great arm, you know, just to pit, and he wanted to be a starter. You know, he comes over and talks to me whenever, whenever we're playing him. You know, I had – I had, I had met him. Uh, he was on a team with Michael Barrett, and he said I had met him years ago. And uh, uh, I guess he was in high school or somewhere. And uh, but I remember Michael bringing those guys to the ballpark uh, in Atlanta. And then you know, he comes from a great family. I just found out the other day his dad, his grandfather was in the Black Rodeo. You know, he was. Uh, I guess a calf roper himself, his whole family, and dad was his grandfather was the first black marble man. Uh, even though I've never seen, <laughs> it must have been regional because I never seen a black marble man, you know. And uh, like I said, I mean, he's uh, he told me he wanted to start. Uh, he told me this back in April, and uh, you know I was pulling for us up against us, you know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, he's in the way. We got to get him today, but I, I, he, he's throwing the ball pretty damn good.
Subscribe to Astrocast. Joined by Justin Verlander, Lance McCullough, Michael Brantley, tons of interviews, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Steve Sparks, and every Saturday we get a chance to talk to one of the Astros coaches. And it's before the second game of this three-game series with the Rangers, we get uh, one of the Astros pitching coaches, Bill Murphy. And, and first off, I mean, everybody knows Brent Strom. Uh, tell us about how you got into baseball, Bill, if you don't mind, and what your responsibilities are uh, with the Astros this year. So I originally started playing at Rutgers University, ended up going there and graduating, and then went to Wagner College in Staten Island, ended up getting a master's degree there, coached in a couple college summer leagues throughout the summer and ended up getting a job at Georgetown University as the volunteer assistant, then coached at Brown as the pitching coach at Brown. And then I got a job with the Houston Astros. So my first year was in rookie ball in Greenville. And then I was in Tri-City that following year and then Corpus Christi. And then I had two years as the, as the pitching coordinator. And then this year is my first year in the big leagues, and I just try to help Josh and Strami with whatever they need. So on, on a day-to-day basis, because Strami, I mean, is extremely complimentary of you specifically, talking about all you bring to the table. So on a day-to-day basis, is it a little different bef- be- before a first game of a series because you're bringing more about the, the scouting reports? Yes, definitely the first game of a series is different than the, the following just because you're trying to familiarize yourself with the team that you're facing, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on. Um, usually the first day of a series is after an off day, so sometimes you have to deal with things like that. But um, it, it's slightly different, but more so just preparing for the team and you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do. Everybody's so uh, intrigued, and I, I certainly am, about the, the spin rates and the axis of, of the baseball to be able to create different shapes of breaking pitches and all that. And when I was coming up, we, we had some guys that were throwing in the low to mid-80s that were throwing it right by guys. And now I know, and I didn't know it back then, that guy had excessive spin rate. Uh, can you take spin off as a two-seamer? Can you do something with your wrist or something like that to take spin off of the ball? I don't know if you can take spin off of the ball. Um, but I think the same thing that you've wondered for years, I'm wondering too. And I think it's great that we have Hawkeye now, which is it looks slightly different than Trackman, which gives you the ability to measure different things, um, which is really, really cool. So you know, I can't wait to kind of see what the game's going to bring in the next five years, what it's going to bring in the next 10 years. I think we've only scratched the surface in terms of you know, trying to figure out or even understand what makes some people really, really good or stand out. Phil Maton comes over at the trade deadline from from Cleveland and an interesting array of pitches. I mean, he's got an arsenal of three pitches in particular that that look like they spin really well. Tell us how you would tell Phil Maton how to best use his fastball curve and slider. So I think that's probably an easy one just because he's been so successful and his strikeout rate speaks for itself. Uh, Fangrass wrote a really good article actually on Phil. Um, but it's a super unique look that you don't really see a bunch of the time. So I think that that definitely helps him out. Um, you know, he's got a really good fastball, like you said, a really good curveball and a really good slider, all 
that allow him to be really, really good at the major league level. Um, so I think it's just utilizing what makes him unique and what makes him really, really good. What makes Fromber Valdez's fastball so unpredictable? I mean, you, you get a chance to, to see it through uh, a slower lens, so to speak. What makes it so good? The ball just moves all over the place, yeah. and it's so unpredictable. Now you play catch with the guy, and the ball's darting to the left and darting to the right, and I think that's what makes it, it really difficult. Like, you go out there and play catch with them, it's one of the most difficult games of catch you're going to have. When you slow it down, are, are his fingers in a different position on, on, on you know, back-to-back fastballs, or is his wrist angle a little bit different? Is that why it acts so unpredictably? It could be just because, you know, the, the releases are slightly different, like you're, you're talking about. You're going to get a different feel in terms of you know, how the ball's coming off your hand. And, you know, those slight differences, depending on, you know, what grip he has, maybe could move the ball in a different way. What's a common denominator for pitchers with really good curveballs like Valdez? How do they pull down to, to get that much spin? So I think the common denominator of all the guys who have really good curveballs is they started throwing it early in their lives. Really? I, I personally think that just yeah. because they've started to groove that pattern when, when they were younger. And it's not to say that you go into a, a Little League game and try to snap off 50 curveballs, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're practicing that skill and they're doing it over and over again and they're learning how to spin the ball in different ways. I think that that's really beneficial for them. Have you gotten a chance to have some interesting conversations with Zach Grinke? I mean, it just seems like such a cerebral pitcher. Uh, what have you learned from him? Yeah, very cerebral, extremely intelligent, and in touch with what he does on a daily basis, what he's good at. It, it's super fascinating, but it gives me an understanding of why he's been so successful for so long. Because, you know, he, he thinks about things in a different way, and it, yeah. it's really cool to be around. He challenges other people. I'm he sure challenges he your way of thinking. <laughs> All right, Lance McCullers, last question for Bill Murphy, the Astros pitching coach. Lance developed a slider this spring, and it's been one of the best pitches in baseball, really, this year. How quickly did you know it, and what did he have to do to, to pick that up so so quickly and master it? So... His ability to spin the baseball sideways because he has such a great curveball, yeah. I think is why he was able to pick up the slider so quickly. Um, but just you know, watching it a couple times, you realize that it's a really good pitch. I want to say that the first one he threw in the spring was to Molina. And I think he, I think he struck the guy out on it, if, if I'm recalling it correctly. But you watched it, and, and you saw it, and you're like, man, that's a really good pitch. That's going to really allow him to... He'll maximize himself this year. All right, that's Bill Murphy, Astros pitching coach. He's done a great job with the team. Thanks a lot for catching up. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. Rivera off first, 2-2. Brown ball back to Stanek. He throws the second for one. Altuve on the first low. Gurriel scoops it. That's a double play. Inning over. 1-4-3 to get the Astros out of a jam and that is the ball game the houston astros defeat the kansas city royals by a final of four to nothing astros now have a four and a half game divisional lead in the al west we're joined now by ryan stanick an inning and a third of scoreless baseball tonight and uh 
You're the last batter you faced a really tough hitter Ryan Whit Merrifield with a runner at first base started that that one four three double play always has to feel good to get two outs especially against a hitter like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially uh, he's a good runner. So uh, to be able to turn it on 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 wit is uh, is always is always good. It's a good, it's a tough play to make usually. Ryan you grew up in the Kansas City area. Is it extra special to face the Kansas City Royals probably the team you rooted for huh. Um, a little bit, yeah. I definitely went to a lot of games uh, just growing up there, just uh, honestly just going to games all the time at, at the K. So, yeah, it's it pretty cool. Hey, how good does it feel to get a win against this Royals team? I mean, you know, you say what you want about the records, but obviously they've they've played the Astros pretty tough so far. Yeah, yeah, they have. They've, they've uh, definitely shown to be a team that's better than their record, I feel like. They play fundamental baseball. They put the ball in play. They play good defense. They throw the ball well. Um, they're a solid team. They're definitely, I definitely think they're better than their record shows for sure. All right. Hey, Ryan Stanek, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the good game and on the team win. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the 1 1. Ground ball right back to Graveman and throws to third, and they have Alberto in a rundown between second and third. Correa tags him, and Lopez is at first base. A big second out and gets a runner out of scoring position. 3 2. Swing and a miss. Got him on the slider. Merrifield strikes out to begin the top of the 10th. Pretty good comeback. And we talk about it in extra innings, how crucial it is to do, do something with that leadoff batter. If you can get him out, especially with the strikeout, you're ahead of the game. The 2-2. Brown ball chopped left side to his left. Bregman, he has it. Throws across in time. Perez is retired, and so are the Royals in the top of the 10th. And the Astros win it in the bottom of the 10th, 6-5. to five. First game winner for Jake Myers. The celebration ensues, and the Astros win the series against the Kansas City Royals and extend their lead in the American League West. Six to five winners. The Astros are in 10 and now have a five game lead over the A's and a six game lead over the Mariners in the division. We're joined by the winning pitcher, Kendall Graveman, came on in the 10th inning. And we were talking about it when you came on. Kendall with this extra inning rule that's been in place the last couple of seasons right away the pressure's on you as, as if you don't have enough pressure as a reliever but you handled it well in that 10th inning yeah I think the biggest thing you got to understand in that situation is um, if there's one run given up you just can't let a, a big inning escalate um, I mean it's um, with a man at second the the odds of you putting up a zero go down drastically with starting the guy there but at the end of the day I, I think if you just give up one you got to kind of have that mindset of attacking guys still and uh, 3-0 and then come back and get a punch out was huge at first at bat. Kendall, do you guys discuss the, the strategy on the first hitter you face? You know what he's trying to do, but are you trying to combat that? Are you going for the punch out early? Uh, you just kind of want to see, especially you don't know what teams are going to do, um, if they're going to bunt. Uh, no. When they're on the road, sometimes you're, they're not going to, but you never know. That team over there bunts a lot, so um, but Merrifield's a good hitter, and you're trying to kind of fill out the game of what's going on. And yeah. um, fortunately, there wasn't too much speed at second, so you're not worried about that. You kind of got to have all those things in mind. But um, yeah, at some point, in order to put up a zero, I think you have to get a strikeout. Hey, how good did it feel to take a series from the Royals team that's kind of been a thorn in your side lately? Yeah, that was a, a big series. So um, win two series back to back here, and um, going on the road for a pretty long road uh, trip, and and continue to to play well, put together at-bats, and continue to put up zeros, I think we have a good chance of continuing to, to increase the lead here in the AOS. All right, Kendall Graveman joining us. Hey, nice job today. Congrats on the team win and on, on the victory as a pitcher. Thank Gets you. the sign. Now the wind-up. The 1-2.
This one's belted to right center field. That's going to be a hit. That's going to bang off the wall on one hop. Myers tearing for second base. His first major league hit is a double. Jake Myers. Standing on second base, but his feet may not have touched the ground yet. Pops this one up. Center field going back on it is Marsh. He's on the warning track. Now he leaps, and it's over the wall. So Myers goes deep for the first time as a major leaguer, and it's 2-1. to one. And Myers hits it in the air to right, fairly deep. It sends back Eaton at the wall, looking up. Grand slam! Jake Myers, two home run. His first two in the big leagues coming tonight, including a granny. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Jake Myers. And uh, you've uh, certainly done pretty well since getting up to the, the big leagues. Does it still... Are you still a little starstruck or like, man, I can't believe I'm in the big leagues or has it gotten to the point now where you're starting to get a little bit more comfortable? Yeah, uh, I don't know if, I don't know how long that'll take to wear off, but no, every day um, I'm grateful to be here. A lot of gratitude um, for all the hard work and all the people who have helped me get here. Uh, I'm definitely reminded of that every day when I step into the clubhouse, but um, I, I definitely feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, I'm starting to realize it's, it's, you know, just like the baseball I've played everywhere else, just everybody's a little bit better, you know, quite a bit better. But uh, just, you know, settling in and, and just playing the game like I know how to. Um, you got a big two-run double yesterday uh, with two strikes. Uh, when you're in that situation like you were last night, down in the count, you know, obviously a big situation with the with the bases loaded. Do you try to simplify things more? Like, what what, what is going through your mind in a moment like that? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Try to simplify and just uh, help the team win. Find a way to help the team get runs across or get the next guy up. Um, whether that's you know just go go pitch by pitch and win the pitch. Um, and and I'm glad I, I hit something hard and you know got got something out there to score a couple of runs, but. Um, if it wasn't me, it was the next guy. It was Maldonado. I mean, you just look at this lineup, and, and that's what they—they're incredible at. They're all fantastic hitters, but uh, through the lineup, they can get the next guy up to, to do the job day in and day out. You were in Kansas City with the Astros on their last road trip, and you're from Omaha, Nebraska, three hours away. Uh, was your uh, pass list pretty full for all four games in Kansas City? Yeah, uh, I, had a, I had a lot of friends and family uh, come there, and it was fun to see everybody, uh, and it's fun to play in front of everybody. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun to see familiar faces. So, growing up, were you a Royals fan? Did you get so many games at, at Kauffman Stadium? I did. Uh, I got to see, I got to see a good amount growing up, uh, but. You know, I, I, I got to go to a couple Twins games, too. Uh, so I, I got to see a couple, you know, I got to see some good good teams play. Um, and so it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you grew up uh, with a dad, Paul Myers. He was a professional baseball player, played in the Giants organization for a few years and worked for the Nebraska Athletic Department for a long time. And, of course, you went to University of Nebraska. So I would think, and, you know, I've spent some time in Nebraska. I know Nebraska football is like a major sport yeah. compared to, to other places. So growing up, were you, especially with your dad's connection, working for the Athletic Department, did you spend a lot of time going to Nebraska football and basketball and baseball games and things like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a massive uh, Nebraska football fan. Still am uh, uh, they just lost today, so I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> My condolences about that. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was a diehard fan, uh, one of the biggest fans growing up, honestly. And 
was a lot of fun for me. I actually wanted to be a Nebraska football player, but uh, my passion changed as I got older and I got to, you know, live out the dream playing for Darren Ursad. Yeah, and I mean, what was that like, too? I mean, Darren Erstad with the major league career he had and uh, was a very good athlete at Nebraska, at baseball and football as well. What was it like playing for him? Incredible. Uh, learned a lot of un un invaluable things from him uh, as a person and a player. Um, wouldn't be here without him, I don't believe. Uh, and, you know, I still continue to, to use the things he taught me at Nebraska. What is there one specific thing that he taught you or that you learned from him that really stands out that you feel like you you you, you maybe think about more than anything else? Yeah, I mean, uh, every day um, there might be there might be a kid out there that's never seen you play, and so you bring you bring uh, if you just bring everything you got every day, um, you know, not only are you going to get the best out of yourself, but you're going to get to show that kid um, how to play the game the right way. That's pretty cool, and. Uh, you know, you were a pitcher as well as a, a outfielder at Nebraska. Do you miss doing both? Uh, I don't. I don't miss it a ton. What What Otani's doing is unbelievable. Nearly, nearly impossible, which is just incredible. I mean, just incredible to see. And so I, I don't. I don't think I miss it now. But he's an incredible athlete. So you can't you can't imagine doing. I mean, now what Otani's doing. I mean, I don't know that anybody in big league history has ever done. I know it, it is absolutely incredible for him to be able to do that. Uh, just just hats off to him. Wow. So who knows? Maybe the next generation will be someone like Jake Myers who can do what Shohei Otani does, right? That'd be really cool to see. Really cool to see. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Jake Myers, thanks so much for joining us and uh, continued success. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Subscribe to AstroCast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough. Michael Brantley. Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.